Welcome to the Variety Hour on AM 990, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mind. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. We talk Memphis, you sound so good. We talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Listening to you talk that stuff. Welcome to Talk Money on AM 990. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to Talk Money. I am Jim Shoemaker, and I have a jam-packed program today. You're not going to want to miss it because you're going to find out what is elder law. It's not an old, crampy old lawyer. It's somebody who has specialized in something that all of us are beginning to face. That is, we're getting older. We either have those parents that are out there that are now we're having to take care of them. We may be in that sandwich generation, but we're going to find out really, really what is elder law and how you need to know a lot about it. We're going to talk about estate planning, financial planning. We're going to understand some of the relevant terms that you need to think about, some of the ways that the CFP board, the CFP board has, the board of standards has given us some steps. We're going to talk with someone about that. We're going to just really talk all about your financial house and how to get it, you know, how to get it in order. Do you remember? I remember this. When I was a kid, my mom used to come into me and say, get your room in order. Now, you know, I understood what she was saying. It meant make the bed, pick this up, clean this up, put everything where it was supposed to be, get it in order. In other words, uh, clean it up, make sure it was where it was supposed to be. Well, what we're going to be talking about today is getting your financial house in order. I mean, it's uh, put things where they're supposed to be. Get this particular document signed. You know, we talk about that and we always have a tendency to procrastinate. Now, I was never a procrastinator. Uh, never, never. I uh, I just felt like I would do something if I could just get around to doing it next week, next month. It didn't make any difference. I was the consummate procrastinator. I mean, you know, it was like if I had to study for a test in college, what did I do? I didn't think about it two weeks before or a week before or even an hour before. It was 15 minutes before the test when I said, time to study. You know what I'm talking about. Well, what we're going to do today on the program is walk through some things that you cannot, should not, must not, do not procrastinate about because they're important, and we're going to make sure that we stay through that process and give you some, literally, some thoughts about what you should be doing. Planning for all generations. What are the steps for financial plan? My guests are going to be Jason Frazier and Mac Bailey. We're proud to have Mac Bailey with us today. He's back, one of our sponsors now of the program, and he is the attorney. And when we get back, you do not want to, you want to get your pad and your pencil. You're going to write down some things specifically about what we need to do when we get our financial house in order. So stay with us. You're listening to Talk Money. I'm Jim Shoemaker. And, of course, you're listening to KWAM 990 Talk Radio here in Memphis, Tennessee. Jim Shoemaker and Jason Frazier are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. 
helping you make the most of your money. Talk Money will return right after this. The Bailey Law Firm knows we are all aging. As we age, our concerns and needs change. An updated estate plan will give you peace of mind regarding your family and future. Your will is about your wishes and not always about your wealth. What are your wishes? Please call the Bailey Law Firm at 843-2760 or visit them at thebaileylawfirm.com. Today is the youngest you will ever be. Let the Bailey Law Firm help you. The Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and pro. It's what they do. Take a second and think about the three most important goals or priorities in your life right now. At Shoemaker Financial, their team of qualified and experienced financial professionals is committed to helping you achieve these goals or priorities. From insurance needs to college funding, retirement, or estate planning, Shoemaker Financial is here to help you accomplish your long-term financial objectives. To learn more, visit ShoemakerFinancial.com or contact them at 901-757-5757. At Shoemaker Financial, it's not just the plan. It's the results. If you have financial questions that you would like answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. Welcome, Mac Bailey. Welcome, Jason Frazier, sir. Glad to be here. Nice to be here. Well, good. Yes. Now, guys, we're gonna we're gonna dive in, and you know, I talked about getting your financial house in order, and to some of us, that's intimidating. I mean, it, it, we think about it, and we say, okay, I know I need a will, I need to get a financial plan, I need to do this, I need to get some insurance, I need to be in investments, and all, and it, it we and I kind of kidded around about procrastinate, but I hate to tell you, that's a big word, and procrastination is what happens to us. But I guess, Mac, I want to start with you because as soon as I said elder law, I mean, for some people, they, they get it because they may have those parents that are in a nursing home or having to go through some issues. But explain to our listening audience, what is elder law? Elder law is a particular practice area uh, that involves issues specific to seniors or the elderly. And when you say specific, now I want to explain to everybody, Mac Bailey, of course, is the Bailey Law Forum. He has a staff of people. They specialize in estate taxation and planning, asset protection, charitable gift planning, business succession planning. Elder law is a specialty, though. There's not a lot of elder lawyer. <laughs> no, oh, I love talking about elder law. There's a bunch of old lawyers. I know a few of them. But there, those that specialize in elder law, we don't have a lot of those. That's correct. Uh, currently, uh, I, I went back to school three years ago and got my LLM, which is a master's in elder law. And as far as I know, I'm the only one in Memphis that has a master's in elder law. And I think that's exactly what I was wanting you to say, because the reality is it's a specialty. It is it is like going to the physician who is a cardiologist and an endocrinologist. You have specialized. Let me ask you this, because I think so many people forget, why would you Take the time out of, I know, a very busy law practice and say, I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to go back and specialize in that particular area. I think it's important for our firm to provide a very high level of service to our clients. And I thought by going back and getting this additional education, then I could provide that higher level or quality of level of service to my clients. And that's because there is a need. There's a huge Absolute need. need. Tell me about the need. Let's talk about that specifically. I mean, an elder law attorney as you say, specializes in that. So help me with what the needs are. What do you see? 
Well, the the needs, a large part of our practice is long-term care planning to where uh, either the adult child or a spouse of a senior comes in and says, um, my spouse or my father or my mother has uh, experienced this particular type of illness or medical event. We need to start exploring long-term care. We don't know how we're going to pay for it. We don't know if we have the legal documents in place to help us deal with this particular event. And that's where it really starts. They have lots of questions, and our job is to give them answers to to their questions. Okay, lots of questions. Let me introduce Jason Frazier. You guys uh, are with me today, both of you, because we're talking about really kind of the steps of the financial plan, how to get your financial house in order. And there's so many moving parts. Jason Frazier is in charge of our financial planning team at the office, uh, CFP, uh, and does a, a lot of writing of plans, I guess, uh, Jason. You're yes, the I guy do. that everybody kind of comes to and says, what do you do with this? And you put it all together. Tell us a little bit about you see a lot of this issues, what Mac's talking about, don't you? Where you're working with clients and you see and you've, you've kind of uncover that problem. Correct, correct. Uh, you know, every client that we get that uh, we work on has a different situation. Um, in the elder law space, we will take a look at their assets and uh, kind of give the... A lot of times we get a questionnaire um, that's filled out to where the client is interested in long-term care. And so we can come up with some solutions about that. Uh, there's a lot of different kind of products out there, but we, we'll take a look at their assets and their income and see if something uh, looks as if we may have to refer them over to an elder law care uh, right. attorney. Right. We don't get involved in that, but we can look at their their assets and income to see if it might be something that we may have to refer out. Yeah, here's the here's the issue that we're talking about here. And I guess, Mac, I, I'm going to want you to kind of dive into this. We, we walk in, you got a young couple, let's say they're a young couple, 50s, and, and they've got young kids, they're college age, and mom and dad have, uh, you know, dad's gotten sick, dad's had a heart attack, dad's had a stroke. Uh, there is that decision process that's going through there. Now, I'm sure mom and dad thought about that, 10 years ago, what's going to happen? But they didn't do anything, whether they procrastinated, didn't feel like they could. So I guess what I'm wanting to hear from you, Mac, you've got, there's ways, there's thoughts that you go into this process to take care of long-term care. Help me with that. Well, there's uh, five different ways to pay for long-term care. One is private pay, and so you self-insure yourself, and you pay for it out of your assets. And I'm sure that would go through someone's mind when they're in their 50s trying to decide how they're going to pay for it in the it's future. It's cheaper to do that, they think, than buying you know, an insurance policy or something else is what they're thinking. That's what they're thinking. The second is through long-term care insurance. Obviously, we don't sell it, but we certainly highly recommend it uh, because it's a great way of insuring that future event. Um, uh, the stats say that probably one out of every three people may need long-term care in the future. So that's a high statistic. Third is Medicare, but most people don't understand that Medicare only pays for about 100 days of long-term care. So it's very, very limited. Fourth way to pay for long-term care is Medicaid, but that's a government program. You have to qualify or be eligible for it based on your income and your assets. And then the fifth is the VA Improved Pension Uh, But you have to be a veteran or a spouse or surviving spouse or a veteran to qualify for that benefit. Let me ask you this, Mac. When you when somebody comes into your office and, uh, you know, again, we're talking about financial house in order. Do you find that the average person coming in um, on a scale of one to ten loaded question? (laughs) I like putting a loaded (laughs) question out. Uh, You know, are they are they do you see people that come in that, you know, they really have done some great planning? Or are they coming in going, you know, I wish I'd have done this 10 years ago. I'm sorry I didn't help me. 
if 10 is the most prepared, most of the people that we deal with are in the two to three range. Yeah. yeah. That's the, you know, why is that? Why? I mean, Jason, from your standpoint, you see that same thing. I mean, you people come in, you, you, we're getting somebody, at least we're moving them in that direction. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't be in our office if they're not saying, they wouldn't be in Mac's office if they were not saying, help me do something. But why do you think, I mean, what's, what is the reason why we all of a sudden, we start doing something, but we haven't done it? I'm going to ask the both of you that question. Life. <laughs> oh, good answer. Uh, yeah. Life yeah. tends to get in the way of uh, what we're trying to accomplish. So if someone has a goal of getting some long-term care for that future planning or they're trying to save for their retirement or, you know, put some money away for some college for some children, uh, sometimes la- life can kind of get in the way unexpected medical bill, mm. uh, car blows up, uh, kids move back home. Uh, there's a million things that can kind of derail a plan or put someone off on a procrastination mode, a job change, maybe a, um, an income change in their life. Uh, so there's a million things that can happen to someone's life that uh, – creates that procrastination and then moves into complete inaction. And that's exactly what you said, what you're seeing too. Absolutely. Cause I always joke around. I said, Hey, we're going to talk about two fun things today, death and disability. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> good point. nobody wants to think about death exactly. and disability. That's true. That's a good point. And I guess that's what we look at. Now you mentioned earlier, Mac, that Medicaid eligibility, how much, I mean, for a lot of people, that's very important to know. How do you become eligible? Well, Medicaid is income uh, and asset-based. It's, it's a government plan. It's a government program sponsored by the federal government and the state, uh, depending on what state you live in, and it is based on your income and your assets. And in general, you have to be impoverished to qualify for Medicaid. Um, some of the uh, assets you can own would be a house. You can own your residence. Um, is there a limit to the house that you own? It's up to around $543,000 in value, which is still a nice house in Memphis, not sure. so much in Los Angeles, but it is a nice house. For those of you listening in Los Angeles, I just want to let you know. I'm just kidding. Okay, but go ahead. But otherwise, if you're single, you own your home, you can have a car and $2,000 in the bank to qualify for Medicaid. If you're married, you can have two cars, you can own your house, and then you can own what they call a community spouse resource allocation, which is around $120,000 plus or minus. So it's not significant assets that someone can own and still qualify for Medicaid. Now, you mentioned the spouse. I, I guess this is a, a thought. Here you've got the couple sitting in your office. Maybe the kids have brought mom and dad in. Dad's, again, back to our scenario, dad's had the stroke. Um, dad's got to be taken care of. Mom can't. Dad's uh, 6'2", you know, and, and great guy, and uh, you would have thought he was in great health, but... Mom's uh, 105 pounds, uh, soaking wet, Mm -hmm. and she just cannot take care of dad. So here's the issue. Now, are we going to basically suck out all the dollars? Is there a way that we can protect mom? I mean, mom's going to end up in the street if you're not careful because— the whole the life the, the life needs the the health needs for dad are going to be astronomical at that stage very expensive and of course we don't want mom selling pencils on the street corner so right. what we try to do is put specific strategies in place to preserve assets for mom so that mom will have a continued standard of living that she's somewhat uh, used to or accustomed to or at least have the basic necessities of life and there are great strategies available for a husband and wife team to plan even when the event has already occurred and it's imminent that you're about to need long-term care. If you're listening to the program, just started listening to the program, we're talking with Mac Bailey and Jason Frazier, and we're talking about basically some just 
general planning. We're talking about steps for a financial plan. We're into that idea. But the whole concept is planning for all generations, whether that's the young couple or the reality of you're working with mom and dad and they're in their 80s or 90s. They're in that last phase of life. And, of course, the idea is what do we do when it comes to elder law? That's the specialty of the Bailey Law Firm, the Mac Mac Bailey of the Bailey Law Firm. And, of course, Jason is in charge of our financial planning area at the office. And we're just talking about all the things that you have to do, getting your financial house in order and not uh, procrastinating. And, again, that's always so easy to do. I think, Jason, you said it, life gets in the way. That is a great statement because you're exactly right. I mean, there's no doubt. All of a sudden, you, you, you know, you mentioned it, you know, I want to do something, and then the car, I need to get another car, or, or whatever it is, as mm-hmm. you said, life, life gets in the way. You talked about MAC veterans' benefits earlier. Now, again, Medicaid is a government program. I'm assuming veterans benefit is also the veterans program. I'm That's so- correct. It's a federal government program. Uh, it's designed, uh, the VA improved pension is designed to provide some assistance with long-term care to veterans or to surviving spouses of veterans. And it's a monthly benefit that ranges from 1100 to $2,000 per month. It's paid directly to the veteran or to the surviving spouse of the veteran. Same amount? If, if the veteran passes away, would the spouse continue to get the money? Normally, the spouse benefit is the $1,100 amount, okay. whereas the veteran's benefit is ranged between 1700 and $2,000 per okay. month. Um, and the veteran or the veteran spouse can utilize those funds for whatever source they want to, but primarily they use it to pay for the expenses of long-term care. All right, here's the catch question, and we just got a few seconds here to go. Well, a minute, a little over a minute. So the reality is, do I have to, I'm a veteran, would I have to completely get rid of all my assets to be eligible for that? How do I, when you say eligibility, what do planning do I have to do in order to be, I tell you what, let's do this. I'm going to take a break because that's a big answer. I want that I want that to be. If you are a veteran, you do not want to miss what we're going to talk about when we come back because reality is this is a very important part of anybody, any veteran's financial plan. How do you qualify? What do you do? I'm talking with Mac Bailey and Jason Frazier. We're talking about steps to a financial plan and planning for all generations. You don't want to miss the second half. We're going to find out how to be eligible, but how do you work through that process of being a veteran, get the veteran's benefits? How do you manage your finances if an incapacitated person? Hey, that's a big question. You got somebody you got to make decisions? You want to talk to these guys because you're going to need to know specifics on how to do that. Stay with us. We'll be right back right after this. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. Helping you make the most of your money, Talk Money will return right after this. Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate, planning for all generations. If you have financial questions that you would like answered on the program, email them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. I'm Jim Shoemaker, along with Mac Bailey and Jason Frazier. We're talking about getting your financial house in order, planning for all generations, and come, you know the whole idea behind a, what is a financial plan. I, before the break, I'd ask Mac about veterans' benefits. It's a, it's a topic that so many people are not even aware 
that you can do that. And if you are a veteran, you need to write this down. Now, he's going to walk us through how do you become eligible for those benefits that you have earned? So many of us think, well, I, you know, I use the veteran GI Bill to buy my house, or maybe I get my medical medicine down at the VA hospital or something. But there is a plan that you can actually get income if you're a veteran, if you are at the point in your life that this is part of, that you really need it. But let me give you Max telephone number, 843-2760. If you need to give him a call, if you happen to be listening, this is a part what you need to do, 843-2760, 843-2760. Mac, help me with this now. I, I, I'm a veteran. All right, I uh, I want to file. I want to to see what I can do. Just walk me through what I, I'm going to ask questions as you do, and just tell me I'm in your office. You know, boy, it's a nice office here too. I have really, uh, you know, very nice people here too. I've been to your office, by the way, and it is a nice office. So help me out. What am I got to do? First thing I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you what your assets are and what your income is because the VA benefit is means-tested or needs-based, so it's based on how much income and how much assets you have. Um, Then I'm going to tell you which one of your assets are exempt. So this gentleman may say, well, I've got a house and I've got $200,000 in the bank. I'm going to tell him, well, the house is exempt, so you can still own the house and qualify for the VA benefit for long-term care. Okay. That will normally make the clients happy. They have comfort level there. Second thing, I'm going to discuss how much actual liquid resources they can own, whether that's stocks, bonds, cash, mutual funds, or whatever it may be. Um, and that's going to be in the range of fifty dollars to $80,000. It's a moving target. The VA does not give us an exact number, so it's like alchemy. So you just kind of put it all in, in a bowl and crush it up and oh, figure it out. That sounds familiar. <laughs> that sounds like a plan. But let me ask this question now. fifty dollars to $80,000. That is joint, or if that's in my wife's name, is that okay? Good question. The VA, if you're married, they treat you as one, one unit. That's, okay? that's biblical. I Absolutely. Like that. That's, that's a biblical yeah, okay. concept. And so they're going to treat you as one, so they're going to treat that together. Now, if you have over the fifty dollars or $80,000 in resources, then what we can do is we can create a Veterans Asset Protection Trust, where we will transfer some or all of your assets into this trust. And once the assets are transferred to the trust, literally one day, 24 hours thereafter, you can apply for the VA benefit because there's no look back period right now for VA benefits. That could change. Let's let's make sure there is no look back period. Now, you you emphasize that, and I know why you emphasize that. You need to listen to this if you if you just tuned in. Mac Bailey is walking through with us the veterans benefit eligibility now. No look back. There is a look back when you look at Medicaid. Correct? That's correct. There's a five-year look back period for Medicaid. And what that means is that when you apply for Medicaid, the government's going to look back five years and see if you've made any gifts or transfers to trust. They could come back into your estate. That's correct. And they could disqualify you from getting eligibility for Medicaid if you're giving assets away within five years. All right. Now, Jason, when you're working with someone, you're looking specifically at that. I mean, you're saying, wait a minute. Did you make gifts? I mean, you're really diving into those numbers with a person, aren't you? Well, yeah. I mean, when we look at a fact finder, we're obviously trying to work with the client to ask them as many questions as we can to right. find out what has happened in the past and um, what their goals are in the future. Uh, with regards to their assets, we'll look and see what they got. Um, if their estate is at a high enough uh, level where they've actually made some gifts in the past, then to us, it sounds like they're trying to either just give gifts out of the generosity of their heart or they're trying to kind of lower their uh, estate. So they're working a plan. They've got some idea there. And sometimes uh, 
that look-back period is forgotten when it comes to Medicaid. So I want to make sure everybody knows there's two different deals here. Medicaid, there's a look-back period. For veterans' benefit eligibility, there is no look-back period. So the day you transfer the assets into a trust. Now, am I losing control of my assets that go into a trust? That's a good question because everybody likes to be in control over their assets. I'm a typical, my dad, well, I could just see my dad right there. Oh, there's no way I'm going to give you control. (laughs) Yes, he would have too. You are losing some control over your assets. And it's a balancing test. You're balancing out control versus receiving this monthly benefit of anywhere from $1,100 to $2,000 per month. So the client has to decide, is this good for me or not good for me? Because it's not a cookie-cutter system. It doesn't work for everybody. I know. We've had several in our office where we've walked through this process. And, and you know, it, I can see the mind as we go through it, how it's changing and thinking and, and, and working. And, you know, it is a decision, and it is something that they have to process. Uh, trust is important. Well, not, not the document, but just literally the philosophy, the, the emotion and the, the desire to trust. Because most of the time, do you use children to, to manage the trust? In general, they got to like their kids because they're giving a lot away to the kids. And yeah. uh, some of our clients don't have children. Some clients have children that they don't necessarily trust or believe in. Uh, and so every client situation uh, is different. Yeah, that's so important. How did, How do we go about managing I'm thinking again of a, an individual that has Alzheimer's, and um, she's my aunt. I mean, she's my wife's aunt, and healthy as a rock. I mean, you know, just super. She's about 82, 83. Uh, you would never know anything's wrong with her if you just looked at her until you started asking her questions, and she's just not there. Uh, sad. Sad for my my wife, sad for me, who I've known this lady for a long time. So this person is incapacitated, Mac, and so how do we, how do we help that person? Well, uh, you manage an incapacitated adult's affairs either two ways, either through legal documents or legal process. Legal documents are things like powers of attorney and revocable grantor or living trust. Legal process is conservatorships or adult guardianships. When do you need to do that? Let, let's talk about that. I mean, again, we, talk, we started out getting your financial house in order the idea behind the thought process of procrastination. You know, I, I'm going to add another client that we just talked to recently, but go ahead and tell us, tell us when do you need to do that? Most of the time people come to us when they hit a roadblock, and the roadblock is normally an asset owned solely by the person who is incapacitated, and they need to access that asset to pay for their long-term care, and that's when they come see us. Because up till then, if it was all jointly held, everything's fine because either spouse could take money out of the account and pay for their care, but normally it's when they hit a roadblock and they can't get access to an asset they need. All right. So here's my aunt, my wife's aunt. She's incapacitated now. Um, she really wouldn't know what she's signing if you handed her a document. Um, can she do that? I mean, No, sir, she cannot. So I cannot allow someone to sign a legal document if they don't have legal capacity to sign it. And in general, they've got to know who they are, who their family is, and what their assets are in order to have legal capacity to sign a document. All right. When we come back in just a few minutes, I'm going to ask the question, is it too late? I mean, all of a sudden, you know, you got the person, they, they're, they're either called, or called an accident, a stroke, Alzheimer's, or whatever. It just happened. Just nobody was thinking it was going to happen. It did. Is it too late? Well, we're going to find out. Is it too late when we come back? Mac Bailey is my guest, along with Jason Frazier. And we're talking about stages of a financial plan and planning for all generations. Is it too late? Find out when we come back. 
Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services are not affiliated with Mac Bailey or the Bailey Law Firm. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice. Shoemaker Financial and Securian Financial Services do not provide tax or legal advice. Individuals should always consult their tax or legal professionals regarding their own specific situation. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return after this. Talk Money, as you know, is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm. Estate planning, elder law, and probate planning for all generations. And I want to thank them. They're one of our key players in what we do and the fact that they're able to help you move through a lot of those questions that you have when it comes to setting down and planning for retirement or working through your estate. It's all about elder law. The Mac Bailey Law Firm, Mac Bailey and his team, spends a lot of time with you, answers a lot of questions, and we're proud to have them as one of our sponsors. There are many great moments in the career of Senator Kenneth McKellar. He was the first senator from Tennessee to complete more than three terms, having served from 1917 to 1953, and held the position of President Pro Tem of the Senate under the current system in Congress during the Truman administration. With two economic landmarks named in his honor, Lake McKellar next to the Memphis Industrial District on President's Island and McKellar Airport in Jackson, Tennessee, it comes as no surprise that the senator was an early supporter of the creation of the Tennessee Valley Authority during the New Deal era. Despite the initial support, McKellar's relationship with the TVA grew strained over time as Tennessee landowners felt they were not properly reimbursed for property acquired by the TVA. McKellar, who served as chairman of the powerful Appropriations Committee, intervened on the landowner's behalf. He knew that the uranium enrichment program for the Manhattan Project, which created the atomic bomb, was heavily dependent on the electricity produced by the TVA and threatened to defund the program until the TVA fully reimbursed the landowners. After President Roosevelt's death, his successor, Harry Truman, did not appoint a vice president which placed McKellar next in line to become president until the law was changed in 1947. After running for a seventh Senate term, McKellar lost to Albert Gore Sr. in 1952. A longtime ally of E.H. Crump, McKellar's defeat in the senatorial race, coupled with the victory of an anti-Crump progressive candidate in the gubernatorial election, marked the end of an era in Tennessee public life. This has been another Mid-South History Moment, brought to you by Shoemaker Financial. You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search for Shoemaker Financial. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. Well, when I started before the break, I was asking uh, Mac about the whole idea behind how do you manage a person's finances if they're incapacitated? And I talked about my wife's aunt who has Alzheimer's. And, you know, folks, this is a part which nobody thinks about. Nobody wants to happen. It's always going to happen to the guy next door, the people down the street. But it happened to you. It happened to me. It happened to, to any of us. And it can happen any time. Here's the question. And, and Mac, I, I really want to know, the person can't sign a document. We, we come into the office. We tell you the story. And, uh, you know, Aunt Martha is uh, not doing well. And we need, we got to access some money. We need to do this or whatever we need to do for her. And she can't sign anything. Well, is it too late? 
It's too late to sign documents, but it's not too late to get control and manage her affairs, whether it's financial or medical. And the way you do that is through a court process called a conservatorship. And that's a process where you basically file a lawsuit against the incapacitated adult to take away their rights, invest those or transfer those rights to someone else so they can make decisions for them. I know I knew you were going to go through that process. And I mean, I've actually had to do that when when a particular child, this was a child Mm -hmm. that uh, there was no planning done and the parents were killed in a car accident. Mm -hmm. And so we you know, you had to sue the estate and uh, the word, the thought. I have to sue. I mean, that's, but that's really how you do it, isn't it? I mean, it's there's no way around that. It's the only fair way to do it. I mean, we do have due process in the United States, and so the, before you can take away someone's rights, you have to actually prove that they are incapacitated. Yeah. Otherwise, you just show up and say, you know, Aunt Susie's uh, incapacitated. I need to be in control, and she may not. <laughs> and she may not. So, yeah, you know, here's the thing I want you to be listening to. Think about this. I mean, there is a process, but don't procrastinate until you to the last minute. Do some thinking. I mean, do some planning and, uh, you know, think about what you're looking at and how you're going to fix this. And what, what, just have a family meeting. I mean, just bring everybody together. Make it Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving's coming up. Uh, you know, you say, well, I don't want to talk about death at Thanksgiving. Well, no, but this may be what you must talk about because it is one of those things that is right in your face and you have to just start planning about it. Mac Bayless, telephone number 843 843-2760. Jason, I guess what I want you to talk about is, the, you know, uh, the start, the steps to a financial plan. There, there people are sitting around the table now, Thanksgiving, they just kicked back from the extra two pieces of pecan pie <laughs> and all that turkey and dressing that we've had, and somebody is going to take me serious and say, hey, family, we need to talk. We need to think. So walk me through. There's, let me give you a couple of things. Establishing the relationship and identifying the goals. Nobody thinks about that, but until this family puts that idea around what they're trying to do and establishing some goals, they need to find somebody to help them do it. So walk me through some of the steps of a financial plan. Sure, sure. The, uh, the first thing that we do when we meet with a client or a prospect is that we sit down with them and do exactly what you just said, is we establish the relationship and identify the goals that the client is trying to um, accomplish. So really in this step, we, we sit down, meet the client, um, let them know basically what we're going to provide in this process and what we're going to require of them in this process. Um, this is the the stage where we get into a little bit more um, feeling questions, um, you know, kind of get an idea of where their goals are and what they're trying to accomplish. Um you know, we, we ask things, you know, you know, tell me about your first experience with, with money. Um, you know, if something were to happen to you or your spouse, what would life look like for you? We try to kind of ask open-ended questions so that they will talk to us rather than just a yes or no answer. Well, it's a, it's really a, a forming some kind of a, a, a thought process, as you said. So mm-hmm. family is you're around the table. This is kind of where you're starting. And then when you pull in the planner or, or Mac or anybody, you're trying to say, okay, give me, give me an insight into your heart is what you're saying Correct. into your mind. The whole part is so many people think, and I know Mac, you do with this, so many people think a financial plan is numbers. It's paper. <laughs> and that is so yeah. far from being what a financial plan is. And that's what you're saying in this first phase is to find out what's outside the numbers. 
outside Correct. the paper. What, what, what's important to them? What, what's their passion? Uh, what makes them sleep well at night? Yeah. Uh, what concerns them? Things like that. That's so critical. That's so critical. So now step two, once you get to that point, Mac, do you change anything in step one or are you doing the same thing? I think the exact same thing. You're trying to find out what's important and what their goals are. Why are they sitting uh, across the table from mm-hmm. What's caused them to get to that point? So, again, back at the Thanksgiving table, they finally made a decision to find somebody. They're picking up the phone. They make an appointment. They just understand, you know, if a family shows up at our office or at Mac's office, it's not about the numbers. It's about what is your what's important to you. Why are you there? What's your thought process and and why what's disturbed you? And those are critical. So second part, second part, Jason. Well, once the client has agreed to walk through this process, uh, the second stage is actually gathering the information about their financial life. We need to uh, ask them questions, not the feeling questions, because we've already established that, but more things like, what is your time horizon? How much have you saved uh, you know, to this point in your life? Uh, usually this stage comes along with like a fact finder or a questionnaire where we'll actually really dive in and ask the client for all of their information. We'll ask for mortgage statements and 401k balances and life insurance or will do they have do they have those things we're talking about Correct. i mean it's really kind of peeling the onion back and saying it is not just just the numbers at this point it's do you have the documents that go along with it correct that's that's, correct. that's great well again now we're talking about steps of a financial plan we've been going through this whole idea of planning for all generations getting your house in order Max Gavin would give us some ideas about elder law and how to go through that process and now Jason's walking us through the actual steps to a financial plan when we come back we're going to find out what are some things you need to bring to a meeting and then how do you analyze the data so stay with us we'll be right back after this You're listening to Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. Podcasts of the Talk Money program are available for iOS mobile devices. Go to the iTunes store and search for Shoemaker Financial. Talk Money will return right after this. Have you thought about pursuing a career in financial services but have no experience in the industry and need training? If you are goal-oriented, highly motivated, and enjoy working with people, you have the skill set Shoemaker Financial is looking for. Shoemaker Financial is continuing to grow their team of financial advisors in the Mid-South, and they're ready with the training and tools you need to get started. With over 35 years of providing professional advice, quality products, and excellent service in the Mid-South, you too can now be a part of their growing firm. If you're interested in learning more about this opportunity, contact Contact 901-757-5757 at ShoemakerFinancial.com. Talk Money is brought to you in part by the Bailey Law Firm, estate planning, elder law, and probate. Planning for all generations. Helping you make the most of your money. This is Talk Money with Jim Shoemaker. And now, once again, here's your host for Talk Money, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome back. We're talking about with Jason Frazier, the steps of a financial plan. He, he's kind of walked us through this process. We First of all, we said, number one, you need to have a relationship. You need to have a relationship with someone you can trust, that it's, it's not about going into the numbers immediately. It's really about uncovering what is your heart. What are you wanting from a plan? Mac Bailey says it's the same thing that you have when you sit down in his office as an attorney. It's about establishing the goals. What are you trying to accomplish? It's the 
and, and Jason, you've said it, the failing questions, not the fact questions. I, you know, I, I recently was talking to someone, and they said, well, Jim, uh, I want to get a plan done with you guys, but I want to let you know I had one done a couple of years ago, and, I, you know, and he kind of got off on a tangent with it about it, and I said, well, fine. And he said, well, I'll just let you know it was free. And uh, that's why he was coming to us. It was about worth what he paid for it. I, I, you know, I, just, I think that's so important because a, a plan, we say in the office, Jason, that it's not about the plan, it's about the results. Right. Uh, documents, you know, I used to, to say, you know, if I, if I build it thick enough and you have to tote it around with a wheelbarrow, <laughs> then it must be worth something. And that's not true. I mean, the plan doesn't have to be 50, 100, 250 pages long, but it does have to be one that everybody understands and everybody can work. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, when I say the word work, I, I really want us to dive into this for a second because I have both of you here in the studio. Mac, if, if, if I send somebody to you or Jason, our firm, send somebody, are we doing this back and forth? The reality is a planning firm, a law firm, accounting for CPA firm, who, anybody, the reality is we're all working together on behalf of the client. That is so critical. Yeah, I mean, the key issue is what's in the best interest of the client. And we love working from a team approach. Because we're lawyers. We're not financial planners. We're not accountants. We don't do tax returns. We don't uh, give financial advice. So a client needs all of those individuals together as a team to accomplish what's in their best interest at the end of the day. And I think, Jason, we look at it the same way. We don't write wills. We don't sit down and Correct. do all those things. We don't, we don't do documents is what we tell our clients. But the reality is I want someone who I know who's thinking as we're thinking. You know, as we're thinking as fiduciaries, they're thinking from the law standpoint or the accounting that this is about the client, and that's critical. Correct, correct. I mean, I think you hit it on earlier in the show where he, uh, the specialization in elder care, that's kind of like what, you know, different professionals do. He specializes in law where their CPA may just specialize in tax. So each person has their kind of information that they got that maybe the other professional may not have. Um, so it's nice to bring all the professionals to the table because we really are trying to do the best interest for the client. I've watched clients in our office where we've got everybody around the table. And uh, when that team is really humming on all generation, I mean, everybody's working. And you got maybe the, the, the 50-year-old couple, the elder parents in there with it, maybe the young kids. Are, or maybe I've got multiple siblings with mom and dad. That has always been a good case. And I can sense that they appreciate that they've got a team on their behalf. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and they recognize the fact that one person can't know everything. They know that. And so when they've got a team working together, they know they're getting all of the answers they need to their questions. Yeah, that's a great point. Jason, at this point, we've gone through the relationship, the feeling questions, gathering the data. Now, I just had this great meeting. You were in the meeting. We went all through this process. We got all the data, and I've just given it to you because I am not. <laughs> The analytical guy, and I can do that. I've done it, but but you right. are the you're the expert at that. What do you do when when we give you data? Well, you know, we get all the fact finders and all their documents, and it's kind of funny. I call it detective work. I actually dive into all the documents, exactly what and you do. Um, I analyze everything, uh, make sure there's no contradicting information. But um, at the office, we have some very sophisticated financial yeah. planning software. And we kind of data entry all this stuff from their, how much they're saving in their 401k to how much life insurance they have to how much expenses are going out the door for college savings. And all that kind of ties in. And so when we look at that, a bunch of numbers come out. 
And I take a look at that and we kind of say, okay, here's where they're at. Here's where they want to get to. How do we bridge that gap? And that's kind of where we get into uh, developing the, we analyze that information and then we get into developing the plan. And I want everybody to understand the good part about this, Jason can take on the side of being the analytical and not worry about anything else with the client, just work on, make sure that these numbers are accurate, that they're telling us a story. And then you sit down with the client's advisor and they, then you begin to really massage it and make it. And it's, it's almost like the advisors, the advocate, and you're working to say, here's what the numbers say. How, how do we bridge that gap as you're talking about, which right. I think is a great team approach and, and qualified and know what you're doing. And it's a great relationship you have with the planners in, in our office. So the, the key is it's not a quick fix. It's not a, uh, you use the term. I mean, I remember when we did it with a handheld calculator and <laughs> don't go there and a chisel. Yes, right. Yeah. Okay. But, but, but the reality is today the software is so sophisticated, mm-hmm. you can really get some great numbers that really tell the tale sometimes with a client. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty lifelike. Um, I don't want to get too much in the weeds, but there's different kinds of software, so, some that is uh, cash flow-based, others that are needs-based. Um, it, 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 it's nice, especially for me, <laughs> to kind of look out. We, obviously, we have to come up with some assumptions. Right. We never know what the future is going to happen, but we got to come up with inflation assumptions and rate of return assumptions and so forth. But uh, once the numbers kind of come out, then I can take a look at it and kind of see where we go. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much. Mac, thanks for being here today. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Jason, thank you, sir. We've been talking with these guys about steps to a financial plan, planning for all generations. I started the program. Did your mother ever walk up to you and say, get your house in order? Well, guess what? This is about getting your financial house in order. And I appreciate these guys covering a lot of topics and a lot of things for us. And if you would like to talk to them, 843-2760. That's Mac and 757-5757. That's Jason. I want to thank, of course, uh, Mac Bailey, both of them, and Jason Frazier. My producer and board operator today, John McCommon. Guest and content coordination, Francis Fortner. Production assistant, Eleanor Moscovich. Mid-South History Moment by Rebecca Frazier. And it's been written by Drew Johnson. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money, and we're here every week helping you make the most of your money. Jim Shoemaker and Jason Frazier are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Securian Financial Services Incorporated, securities dealer, member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. This is the voice of Memphis. AM 990, KWAM Memphis. Online at KWAM 990.com.